Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. My name is Rex Donnelly, and the pastor always asks us to tell you a little bit about what we love about being a United Methodist here at Helotus Hills United Methodist Church. And if I was to go on through all the things that I love about this church, we might go into the Sunday school hour, so <laughs> I'll keep it brief. But one of the things that uh, my mom told me when I was a kid growing up was, hang out with good people and good things happen. And I do know that when I'm standing here, all I see are good people. And a lot of good things happen because of the congregation here. And I welcome you this morning, and I hope you feel welcome. Today is recognized as Christ the King Sunday. It's the end of the church calendar. And next week, we'll start into the Advent season, which will lead us into Christmas and the celebrating of the birth of our Lord. If you're a first-time guest today, please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the pew pocket. You can place it in the offering plate today as the offering plate is passed. Now I've got a few things I'd like to tell you about what's happening here in the church. On December 3rd, we're having our town hall meeting, and it'll be at 4 p.m. And now Amy Nunley will share with us a mission moment about the angel tree. Amy? Good morning. So I hope all of you noticed our beautiful angel tree out in the narthex when you came in. It's just out behind the Methodist cross on the back wall. We have 80 angels this year. And in the 40 years that I've been a member here, I don't remember ever not having an angel tree besides COVID time. So um, these, these angels represent children at Thornton and Wonky Elementary Schools. And each angel has a number and a letter on it along with the child's clothing size and Santa list. There's a clipboard next to the tree with the sign-up sheet. So just write your name and your phone number with the corresponding number letter on the list. And the reason that there's an A or a B alongside the number is that we divided each child's list into half. And this allows more people to select an angel. There are a few important requests that we have. Most important, please pray for these children and their families. Second, please wrap your, indiv your individual gifts and then put them all in a big bag. And um, that way, the children have lots of gifts to unwrap. And this allows um, for the parents to put the gifts out under the tree. These may be the only gifts these children get. So we want to make sure it's a very joyful and exciting time for them. The third thing is the gifts must be back to the church by Sunday, December the 11th. So we've got a couple of good, good weeks here. This is in order for us to get them to the schools before they are released for the Christmas holidays. If you need the gifts picked up, please call the church and we will make arrangements to come to you. Then the last thing that we would want to suggest is that you make sure that you securely attach your angel to the outside of the bag so that it's um, secure and that we're able to easily identify it as are the people at the school. And I want to thank Chris and Jack Campbell for getting the list and cutting out the angels and setting up the, the tree. And Chris has one more great suggestion that I think is like amazing. 
take a picture of your angel with your phone. And that way, if you're out shopping and you've forgotten your angel, you have it because you have your phone, right? <laughs> or if you take your angel with you and you leave it at the store, then we can help you make a new angel. So thank you for your prayers and your support of this very vital mission here at Hello to Hills. Thank you, Amy. This week, uh, the office will be closed during the week of Thanksgiving to give our staff some time for family and friends. However, you can call the church to get in touch with Pastor Cheryl anytime during the week. There's a sign up for the women's retreat, which is also December 3rd. It's prior to our uh, town hall meeting. It runs from 9 o'clock in the morning till 2 p.m. And the info and the sign up will be in the Welcome Center. You'll notice that uh, Judy's sitting at a table out in the Welcome Center with uh, working on the poinsettias. If you're interested in purchasing a poinsettia, uh, please see Judy. She'll be there through December 4th. And now Jesse Spina, our Director of Christian Education, will sit, share some announcements. Good morning, everyone. It seems like a sleepy Sunday. I think we need to pass out coffee. Get everybody riled up. Just a couple announcements for what's happening for families in the um, families with little ones in the life of our church in December. We have our Great Joy Kids party that I mentioned last week on December 10th. Parents, it's your last opportunity to shop without kids. Maybe not. Maybe you have grandparents in town. But I know we don't have grandparents in town. Anytime somebody watches my kids for free, I'm like, go, have fun, enjoy them. Um, it's a great time to let your kids have a night out, have fun with their friends, and then for you to have a break and go out to dinner or go shopping or whatever you may need to do. That's December 10th from 4 to 7 p.m. The following day on December 11th is our annual children's nativity that we hold during worship. Children are asked to show up at 10 o'clock during Sunday school, and we will rehearse the nativity and give them parts and costumes. And then we do our nativity during this, uh, the children's moment in worship at 11 o'clock. And on December 11th and December 18th, for our whole church family, we will be having our annual children's fundraiser, and we will be selling ornaments, and I will show you what those look like as soon as I have one made to show you. But the kids are working on them diligently and are so excited to share them with you again this year. So we hope that you will be willing to join in that fundraiser, and we are hoping this year to be able to take extra ornaments like we have in the past to local um, assisted living facilities and nursing homes and to go caroling when we deliver them so we can spread some Christmas cheer. I think most places are open again after COVID, so we have the opportunity to share Christ's love in the world around us once again. So thank you. Thanks, Jesse. This morning's scripture readings, um, I'm going to be reading two different scriptures, one from Jeremiah 23. 5 through 6, found in your Pew Bible on page 711. And the other is Colossians 1, 11 through 20, found on page 1072 in your Pew Bible. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David's righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. 
You may be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and you may be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have a first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we gather in this place today to worship you. We need to remember to give you thanks for all that you've given us. And we ask that you continue to guide us to be better Christians in our journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time I'd like to invite the children forward for their spark moment. So I have a question for you guys. Again, I always have questions. There's a lot of questions in life. What, what does a king do? Boss people around? He rules, he rules his kingdom. We actually watched Lion King um, this week, and yes, Simba thought that that's the king's job, right? He said, I just can't wait to be king because I get to tell everyone what to do, right? He rules his kingdom. What does he wear? Nothing. That's scandalous. <laughs> what does a regular king wear, not a lion? Something goes on his head. A crown. Something. A ginormous crown. And then they usually wear some big, long, like, cape thing, right? What is that called? A robe. Oh, a robe. A purple robe and a red shirt. So a purple robe, a red shirt, a gold crown, and red boots. That's a fashionable king. Kings wear all sorts of things, and they carry around things that show that they're kings, right? Back in uh, middle, uh, the Middle Ages, they would carry around scepters, golden like rods, that they would use to show that they were king. It, it served no point except to say, look, I'm rich, and I have money, and I have power, because I can just hold this thing that shows you how much money I have. And to smack that, I can make a proclamation, and you will follow it, right? That's, that's right. Kings are something that we don't really relate to anymore today. But we're going to learn about a king. Well, why? Because we kicked ours out like 200 years ago. We said, we're done. We want to elect our officials. But we're going to learn about a king today 
that's a different king. He's kind of a backwards king. And we're going to learn about Jesus. That's right. We're going to learn about Jesus and how he is our king and how this is actually the last day of the year or of or the last week of the year, excuse me, in the Christian calendar. And next Sunday, we will be starting a new year as we focus on Jesus' arrival during Advent. And so we're going to talk about all of those things in Spark Worship. We are going to sing the mighty power of God, and we're going to make crown ornaments to hang on our trees to remind us that Jesus is the king of our lives. Does that sound good? All right, let's say a prayer. Let's sit up and say a prayer respectfully to God. Thank you. Close your eyes. Fold your hands. Bow your heads. And say, dear God, thank you for Christ our king, the ruler of our hearts, and king of eternal life. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's exit through the back. Thank you, Jesse. Well, this morning, my name is Cheryl Broom, and I am the pastor here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. And as is our habit in prayer, we pass the mic around. If you have a prayer request, raise your hand high, give your name, and your prayer request, we will say, Lord, hear our prayer, or Lord, hear our praise. Your prayers are recorded so we can share them with our prayer team. Uh, I'd just like to uh, lift up in praise. Uh, we, you were able to deliver 195 shoebox gifts to the distribution center, uh, and I uh, would lift up the children who will receive those gifts um, that the right child will get the right box uh, uh, from, from our Lord and, and our love, spread our love around the world. Lord, hear our praise. I'd just like to offer a prayer for all the people who will be traveling. Uh, Aunt Norma is coming from Austin to my house, and all the other people who have people coming on planes, trains, buses, please let them arrive safely. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to have prayers lifted for my sister-in-law who fell and broke her arm up to her shoulder. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to praise God for the rain that we've received that's so badly needed. Lord, hear our praise. Um, yes, prayers for my neighbor. Um, she has a lot of health problems. They think some kind of autoimmune diseases, but they're having trouble actually diagnosing it. In the meantime, she's in a lot of pain. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd like to lift up our nativity, the journey to Bethlehem that we've been having for many years now in Old Town Holotus, that it reaches the community and tells the story in a way that they understand and, and, the, and that the kids love. And that's it. Lord, hear our prayers. I would also like to lift Peter, who is a member of our congregation, who's been hospitalized, and now he's finally home. Prayers for continued healing. Lord, hear our prayers. It's going to lift up Scott, but he is here this morning, and we are so grateful. So is he. Lord, hear our praise. 
And Holly beat me with the travel mercies for all who are traveling. And I loved what you said about planes, trains, and buses. So we'll just double that. Lord, (laughs) hear our prayers. And now we'll just take a few moments of silence in our own heart and mind and prayers that we might offer to God our thanks and praise. And then we'll end with a prayer and the Lord's Prayer together. Let us continue in prayer. Dear Lord, we come today to worship and praise and honor you. May our worship be filled with joy and thanksgiving. As we continue to seek your guidance, guide us on how to live. Show us how to carry your words of hope and light and love and reflect them back into the world. We pray that we would acknowledge you in our lives in our activities, in our hearts and minds, that you are Lord, and that we will proclaim with our words in life that you are our King, our Redeemer, our Savior, and our hope. This we pray in the name of our Savior Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so jesse might have stolen my thunder a little when i'm going to ask you when i say king what do you think? If I say African king, what do you think? Lion king. She kind of gave you the answer in case you never saw that show. If I say India king, come on, Vestals, you should know this, king cobra. If I say Nashville king, Elvis. And if I say king of kings, Jesus. Today is Reign of Christ Sunday, commonly called Christ the King Sunday. And as Jesse told you, it is the last Sunday of the Christian New Year. So we end today with the end of Jesus' story. Or is it really the beginning of his reign? And next Sunday, we begin our journey of Advent, which means coming. So we'll be coming every week to closer to the time where we acknowledge Jesus Christ's birth. It seems kind of weird, doesn't it, that we end one Sunday with Christ on the cross and we start the next Sunday with Christ as a baby. Well, when we say king of kings, you do know that many, many years ago, many, 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 every country had a king or queen. The Old Testament is filled with stories about the Jewish people begging God to send a king And God sent them kings, didn't he? Yep, there were good kings and there were bad kings. The job of the king was very important at the time because they ruled the country and the people. And whatever decisions the king made, the people had to obey. He ruled the country, the people, the finances. 
there were no decisions that were not followed, for the king made the law and carried the responsibility of the country and its people. Now, many people in America, as Nate even said, kind of have mixed emotions about even this word, king, because we're celebrating Thanksgiving this week, and the whole premise was around a people who left England because they rejected the king, right? Everything we celebrate is on the basis of us not being under the rule of a foreign king any longer. And our founding forefathers were very careful in drawing up the Constitution because they didn't want America to have any tyrannical ruling kings. It's true. They wanted to keep the power of the kings limited. So they, they said, we're not going to have kings. We're going to have people who are elected into office. We're going to have people who have a term limitation. And we are not going to ever give them the power that the kings had over us. Is that true? And I think it makes it especially hard for us as Americans to even understand or follow a king. Many of us followed Europe when Queen Elizabeth died. And personally, I didn't have a deep understanding of what the big deal was as a woman leader. I mean, sure, we mourned her because she was kind of a cool lady. She wore great hats, <laughs> cool crowns. But I don't understand the whole king and queen thing, do you? And so here we are on Christ the King Sunday, and we're drawing ourselves to remember and know and recognize and understand what it means to follow Jesus Christ as the King of Kings. So let's read the gospel account. This is kind of an R-rated account. There are some of those in the Bible, Jimmy. I didn't write it. I just read it. This gospel account gives us the final hours of Jesus' life as we look to the promise and the power of Christ, even as he faced death on the cross. If you open your pew Bible and read along with me, it's on page 963. You have your Bibles open? Because I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask the women to say the Jesus lines. Okay, pay attention. I'm going to ask the men to say the scoffers' lines and the thieves' lines. Women, Jesus. Men, you get to cover all the other dialogue, and I will be the narrator. Okay. You got it? When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saves and the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also. There was also an inscription over him that said, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who 
were hanged there, kept deriding him and saying, Are you not on the side of But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, And Jesus replied, This is the word of God for the people of God. The power of the kings, the ruling kings in the world in which Jesus lived was well known. The emperor Tiberius ruled the Roman Empire. The people well remembered the glories and the terrors of Herod the Great, the king of Judea. Herod was only the king by the grace of the Roman Empire, and he was known as the Great because of his accomplishments as a builder. He constructed and rebuilt fortresses and palaces throughout the land. He oversaw the creation of a magnificent Mediterranean front and home, which is still there if you go to Israel. Yet Herod was also known to use his power to destroy anyone that he felt threatened his rule, including the murder of his own sons. After Herod's death, the Roman occupation of the Holy Land continued, and in Galilee, under Antipas, and in Judea, under the governess of Pontius Pilate. Say that fast three times. The people knew kings and rulers were sources of war, heavy taxation, corruption, and violence. The people of Judea were living under the oppression of military occupation. And during Jesus' trial, that we find in all four gospel accounts, Pilate asked Jesus, are you king? Jesus would not answer. And even though he wouldn't say he was king, Pilate understood Jesus to be challenging the authority of the emperor. His crime then was being the king of the Jews. And it was placed on a crossbeam that he carried, showing why he was being crucified. And Pilate, well, he made sure everyone knew because he put it in three different languages, didn't he? Aramaic, he put it in Greek, and he put it in um, Latin for the Romans. There would be no doubt about why Jesus was being crucified on the cross that day between two criminals. Now, from this scripture reading, I think we can clearly find many different things to talk about. Today, I'm going to talk about three things that we see in this scripture reading. The very first thing we notice is that the people stood by and watched in silence. When traumatic or violent things happen, our response is so often shock that we're stunned into silence. Today, just watching the news can stun us into silence. I wonder, do you remember where you were on 9-11? I thought that you would. I remember that day clearly now. I was in seminary, and I remember exactly what I was doing when I heard the news that there was a plane that had hit first one of the Twin Towers. And then I heard that a plane hit the second of the Twin Towers. And like many of you, I was glued to the television. Do you remember that? 
watching this drama unfold, I was shocked. I had no words. I finished out the rest of that day going to chapel to pray and then picking up my children and heading home where we circled the wagons. Do you remember doing that in your home too? With the people that you love? Because those kids too, as students in school, had watched the whole thing unfold as their teachers watched it on television. And so we had to talk about that. We were stunned. We were shocked. And so I wonder if you can think about a trauma, a big trauma, and how it has a similar effect on all people, often, most often, stunning us into silence, and we can't even move into action because we're frozen. At the cross that day in Jerusalem, I can't even imagine what Jesus' mother was going through as she stood in shock and pain at the cross and as she watched her son suffer and die. It almost makes me cry. And then I just think about Jesus' disciples Followers, believers, friends who often also stood there in stunned silence. They were the brave ones. At least they were brave enough to come and be with him there. The second thing we see in scripture, the second response, is others scoffed, mocked, and derided him. That day, many people stood around and mocked and ridiculed the king of the kings. The people mocked him, the rulers mocked him, the soldiers mocked him, and even one of the thieves next to him mocked him. Humanity is messed up, man. It's violent and selfish, afraid. People easily follow the ebb and the flow of power. And bullies and braggarts, unfair judgments, money and power, fear of losing money and power often cause people to crush others. And we may not crush them, crush their bodies, but we will crush their spirit. And yet Jesus showed them mercy. He showed them grace. Jesus even said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. In our human experience, I think we can agree that hurt people hurt people. Yes, I don't think I know a single person who has not been lashed out at by someone, and they don't even know why. And I cannot think of a single person who has not lashed out at others in the same kind of way. Everyone does it. I've done it more times than I am proud of. Often we lash out the most when we're anxious, when we're stressed, when we're hurt, when we're angry. And we become lost in those feelings. And lost people often do and say terrible things. The first response was silent. The second response was getting lost in anger. And the third response, it is our acceptance in the truth that Jesus is the King of Kings. The thieves beside Jesus were lost. Their life of sin had caught up with them, and they were being held accountable for their crimes. The Bible is full of stories how Jesus gathered those lost, the last, and the least. He showed, even on the cross, that it was never too late to follow the king. For even as he hung on the cross, he showed compassion to the ones who were with him, the very lost. I heard about W.C. Fields 
Now, many of you younger people will not know who W.C. Fields is. He was a humorist. He was an atheist. He was dying in a sanitarium. A nurse was surprised to find him reading the Bible. And when she asked him what he was doing, Fields wise cracked, looking for loopholes. It made me wonder if maybe the first thief thought this. I can't believe I got caught. My crime is trumped up. I should not even be hanging here in agony. I've been wrongly accused and punished. Hmm, how can I use this man, the king of the Jews, to further my life? How can I humiliate him and make him be at my level of pain and misery? And then I wondered what the other thief might have thought, and so I dreamed this up. I did it. I was not a good man. I'm facing the punishment I deserve. But this man, Jesus, the one next to me, he doesn't deserve this punishment. And humiliation. Oh, wow. Why, God, why is he even on this hill with us today? Stop it. Just stop it and let him die in peace. I'm so sorry, Jesus, that you're taking on this punishment without committing any crime. May God have mercy on your soul. And what was Jesus' response? You, you read it. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus demonstrated the worst conditions, grace upon grace upon grace. And he assured them that God would have mercy on their soul today. Jesus the king of the Jews, hung on the cross dying, gave his word of clemency to the thieves. And yes, even to you and me. Who would not want to follow this loving, gentle, forgiving, and merciful king? Throughout our lives, we have choices. We can choose to follow the king of king, Jesus, or we can choose to be apart from Christ. And we know people who simply cannot admit their need of Jesus, even when they're facing their own mortality. And yet there it is. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Luke really records for us the first deathbed conversion. When he found his king in the very moment of his death. And only moments before his death, the criminal acknowledged Jesus as heavenly king, and the Lord blessed him and promised him, today, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. He showed us a pardoning king that accepts us, no matter our crime, no matter our sin, it is never too late to claim Jesus Christ as the king of kings. So what is our response? The sign over the cross said, King of the Jews, and he has become for us the King of Kings, our Savior, our King, and he invites all of us to be citizens of God's kingdom by loving God with our whole heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and by loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. So what does it mean to acknowledge Christ as the King? What does the follower of the king do? 
Well, our part's simple. It's just believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord. There are no tests. There are no creeds. There are no I's to dot or T's to cross. Any time in our life, even now, we can accept Jesus as our Lord and King. And we're asked to turn. If we're leading a life of sin, then we're asked to turn around, repent. That's what that word means. Turn around and start in a new direction. And allow Christ to reign in our hearts and in our lives. For through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will become part of us and how we live. And one day, one blessed day, we will join him in paradise. To whom will you vow your commitment? We have no kings in America. We only have one king who is Jesus. Will you claim him too as your king and master and Lord and Savior? This morning, I know we're not a creedal church, but I really wanted to reclaim for us what our beliefs are found in the Nicene Creed. It's in the hymnal on page 881, but we'll also have the words appear up here. It is the oldest form of the Apostles' Creed, and it goes way back to at least 140 A.D., and many church leaders summed up their beliefs, and they used this just as a simple way to acknowledge their faith. It is not scripture, but it is scripture-based, and it is one of the great doctrines of the church. Now, I want to remind you, there's a word in there, and you'll see it in small letters with a little asterisk, and it says Catholic Church. People always get a little confused about that. Small c means universal church. So when we say that, we believe that, God, that we're part of God's universal church. We're not asking you to be Roman Catholics. Not this morning. But in the church, be part of the church body, Christ's body, in universal fellowship. So if so, if you believe these words of faith, will you join me in saying them together? I believe, Carl's standing, so go ahead and stand. Thank you, Carl. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. This is kind of a special Sunday because we're going to go back to an old tradition which we've missed since COVID. We're going to start this Sunday passing the offering plates again. Your giving empowers ministry within our congregation in response to these needs of our community. Last week, we consecrated our pledge cards for giving of the 2023 ministry. It's not too late to turn in your 23 cards. 
They're available in the Welcome Center, and you may place your card in the giving box in the Welcome Center, or you can place it right in the offering plate as it's being passed if you have it this morning. Please see your HHUMC bulletin or webpage to see the many ways to give. The pastor asked why, I should tell you why I give. I give because it's, we keep the lights on, we keep the doors open, but if we don't do that, we don't have the place for me to be able to stand here and look out there and see the angels that are sitting out there. And it gives these angels a place to do their work, whether it's feeding the hungry children at a school that wouldn't have food or providing warm clothes for the homeless. Some of the money goes to mowing the yard. Some of it might be going to keep the lights on. But we do many wondrous things here and might give us the opportunity for when someone comes walking through the door that we can introduce them to Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, you provide hope for our future. We pray knowing that you act as a loving parent who calms our worries and fears. You constantly guide us toward the good that you work in our hearts. We ask that you multiply these tithes and offerings so our hearts and our actions reflect your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise that we once more can pass the plate, that we might offer to you not only our lives, but our witness and our thanks and our offering. We ask that you would bless this offering, O Lord, and multiply it for use in your kingdom work here in this church. And let all who agree say amen. 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 Now, you have an invitation. The invitation is for you to live your life out as a disciple of Christ, proclaiming him as king of king in your life. And that should change you. And that should change how you deal with others. And so I ask God to, to bless you fully as you do that. As we are disciples of Jesus Christ, um, we are going to say together what our goal and pattern is in the world and our mission. Will you say it with me? The mission of Helotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Wow, that's a big job, but I think you're up for it. You look pretty strong, and as Rex keeps saying, pretty angelic. <laughs> we're going to sing our closing hymn, Crowning with Many Crowns, and at that time we're so lucky to bl and blessed to welcome into our congregation new members. So as we sing, I'm going to ask Kyle and Sonny to come forward that we might celebrate with you as you join the church. We are so blessed today to welcome into membership Sunny and Kyle. You might have seen them around, although they're a little confusing because sometimes they come at 9 and sometimes they come at 11.
but we're super delighted that they're here today and joining in our congregation. Sunny comes from us from a, a long history as a United Methodist with her home church originally being Lake Houston UMC. And she brought her husband along from St. John's Lutheran Church in Rome, New York. Yep, raised and codified as a Lutheran. And they believe in Jesus too. And so we welcome you both to this church. I'm going to ask you two questions of commitment to Christ and service to his church. I ask you first, do you pledge to continue to serve Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? They said, I do, just in case you couldn't hear. The second question is, will you be part of this United Methodist Church, supporting it with your time, your talents, your gifts, your service, and your witness? I will. They said, I will. Before we get to welcome them officially, I ask you as a congregation now to renew your commitment and welcome Sonny and Kyle in this congregation. With them, will you renew your vows to uphold this church by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say amen. Amen. Let us all order our lives after the example of Jesus Christ that we may serve our lives well wherever we go. We welcome you, Sonny and Kyle, and we're delighted to have you here as members of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. And if you agree, will you just stand and clap for them? Give them a hand. Now, they're going to go with me. We're not going to go outside because it's kind of cold, so we'll stand along the doorway back there that you might greet them and welcome them as the newest members of Lotus Hills. Now, go in the strength of this benediction, that the God of peace, that the God of mercy and grace will be your King of kings, now and always, in Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's go in peace. <laughs>